Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom. It is said that you should never talk politics and religion in polite company. But the other topic we tend to shy away from is talking about money. In fact, a survey this year by the National Financial Educators Council found that only 6.8% of respondents felt comfortable talking about money to friends or coworkers. 9.7% were comfortable talking to siblings about it. 11% said they were comfortable talking with a parent. And only 21.3%, not even a quarter of the people were comfortable to talk finances with their romantic partners which is why money is sometimes the reason people get divorced. (laughs) So why is money so hard to talk about? Well, we've been taught that it's gauche. It's just gauche to talk about money with others. And we fear the money discussion might lead people to think less about us or they know how much we have now and they might expect us to give them some money. There's a whole faction in religion though that has no problem talking about money. Prosperity gospel preachers are out there teaching that God wants you to be rich, filthy rich, as a matter of fact. And if you are, all those worldly blessings are a sign that God loves you. You're doing it right. If you pray hard enough, if you have enough faith, give enough money to the church that is uh, preaching the prosperity gospel, then God will prosper you. If you remain poor after doing all of that, well, then God is displeased with you in some way. And you don't have enough faith to get back into God's good graces. The only ones who seem to get rich in this scenario are those preaching this ridiculous message in the first place. It's a Ponzi scheme, it really is. Still others believe that money is bad. After all, they say the good book says money is the root of all evil, but you gotta back up and figure out. Yes, that's the next line. What it truly says is that the love of money is the root of all evil. And you're going to a church that teaches you to love money. And this actually, this, this sermon is a request from Jessica. <laughs> because Jessica wanted to know, what is a Course in Miracles? Who, just, who stops Course in Miracles teachers or, or believers or students from just going out and using it as a prosperity gospel? Well, the book itself. And we will get into that. Of course, I think if you're using the Bible to teach prosperity, you're using it wrong. And if you're using A Course in Miracles to teach prosperity, well, you're, you're having to pay no attention to very large swaths of the text. So we're going to get into that. So it's sort of a, it's a request. I do requests now and then. So <laughs> but as soon as Jessica suggested it, I'm like, oh, Prince. Because <laughs> I haven't really addressed this. And so thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a good suggestion. But this is the key to understanding true prosperity because it consists, true prosperity consists of what is eternal, not what is impermanent. And the thing that is eternal is love. So when you are wealthy, when you are rich in love, that's when you truly can say, oh yeah. Hear these wise and holy words 
From A Course in, there we go. <laughs> From a Course in Miracles, Lesson 50. I am sustained by the love of God. Here is the answer to every problem that will confront you today and tomorrow and throughout time. In this world, you believe that you are sustained by everything but God. Your faith is placed in the most trivial and insane symbols, pills, money, protective clothing, influence, prestige, being liked, knowing the right people, and an endless list of forms of nothingness that you endow with magical powers. All these things are your replacements for the love of God. All these things are cherished to ensure a body identification. They are songs of praise to the ego. Do not put your faith in the worthless. It will not sustain you. And from the Manual for Teachers for A Course in Miracles, it takes great learning both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. Think a while about what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet, a body cannot evaluate. <coughs> By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what really is. God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet he must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice its values would demand of him. To them, he sacrifices all his peace. To them, he sacrifices all his freedom. And to possess them, must he sacrifice his hope of heaven and remembrance of God's love. Who in their sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? And from the Jesus story, John 10.10, 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. These are wise and holy words. Thanks be to the holy. All creation is holy word. All creation speaks volumes of the holy. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. There's an old joke about a guy named Joe who finds himself in a dire situation. His business has gone bust. He's in serious financial trouble. He's so desperate that he decides to ask God for help. And so he begins to pray, God, please, please help me. I have lost my business. And if I don't get some money, if I don't get a dollar, I'm going to lose my house as well. Please, please let me win the lottery. Lottery night comes, somebody else wins. Joe again, back to God. God, please just let me win the lottery. I've lost my business, my house. I'm going to lose my car next. Lottery comes. Don't be giving it away, Bob. <laughs> just because you know all the jokes. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Bob's in the room. <laughs> So it comes and goes again. Joe still has no luck. Once again, he prays, My God, why have you forsaken me? I've lost my business, my house, my car, my wife and children are starving. I don't ask for anything much. I'm your good servant. 
please just let me win the lottery. Just this one time, I can get my life back in order. Suddenly there's this blinding flash and the heavens open and Joe hears the booming voice of God say, Buy a ticket. Buy a ticket, Joe. <laughs> and I think I can safely say, we've all been in Joe's shoes at some point in our lives. Perhaps we've lost it all. Perhaps we've come close. And we're looking for that immediate relief, like winning the lottery. Someone just won more than a billion dollars, right? Way less after taxes. <laughs> but it seems like they got their prayer answered. What about the rest of us? sitting around waiting for that windfall to just make life easier, at least financially, we think. We do all that. We do all we can do to try to secure what we think are the blessings in this world. Money, influence, fame, security. We think these are the things in the world around us that's going to give us all that. A job with a high salary, houses, relationships, the adoration of the world. We wish and hope for a brighter, more secure future for ourselves and those we love, and there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But here's the key. If you want all those things, the freedom and security you think the world's things are going to give you, take God's advice to Joe. I invite you this morning, Jubilance, buy a ticket. But the ticket you need isn't sold in any convenience store. There's no ticket out here in the bodily world that's going to give you anything that you truly want. As our reading from A Course in Miracles says this morning, your faith is placed in the most trivial and insane symbols. The list makes your ego go, what? Trivial and insane symbols, pills, money, protective clothing. It has, a, it has asterisks. I mean, I mean what are those? Quote marks, quotation marks. Protective clothes, bunny ears, protective clothing, influence, prestige, being like knowing the right people, and an endless list of forms of nothingness that you endow with magical powers. Everything out here, jubilance, it's a fantasy. All just praise to the ego. We know because as soon as we get everything we think we want, it seems to dissolve. Nothing here is permanent. Everything we think we want from this world, of course, says, are your replacements for the love of God. And that's the ticket. That's the ticket you should be trying to buy. <coughs> the only ticket that wins every single time is not emblazoned with numbers, but the words from Lesson 50, I am sustained by the love of God. Oh, I hear you. I hear, I, I hear the eyes rolling. Preacher, you say, the love of God doesn't pay my mortgage. And I'm here to tell you that it does. If you buy the right ticket. The prosperity gospel preachers of the world will tell you that you can have anything you desire. Money, cars, the latest gadget and bobble in this world. If you think on it hard enough, if you wish for it in the most pure and sincere manner, if you pray for it, and maybe that works. It at least works for those who charge a fee to teach you how to do that. But that is simply another way we buy the ticket in the ego's lottery. It's a game we're never going to win. You might get lucky a few times, like, you know, like with the scratch-off card, right? You get lucky a few times, you think you get what you want, but the reality that's experienced by so many lottery winners in this world, eventually you just go bankrupt and you start the whole cycle of seek but do not find all over again. 
So I invite you jubilance this morning, get the right ticket. It's a matter of deciding whose world you want to live in. Do you want to live in the ego's world of fleeting happiness, or do you want to live in the holy's world of eternal love and peace and joy? If you think a dollar is what you need, you're already in the ego's lottery. But if you understand that all you truly need to sustain you is the love of God, jubilance, you have hit the jackpot. Breathe deeply. I've had to do a lot of work around my ideas and beliefs about money over the years. And I suspect I'm not alone in this. We all fantasize about what we do if we won the lottery, right? Everybody's got plans. That money's spent before you even see a dime of it. And we all have a tendency to believe that if we just had enough money, that we'd have all the security and freedom that we could ever want or need. It was in this spirit about 20 years ago that I began to use this mantra that I specifically built around money, and it went like this. There's always enough. There's always enough. That was just, that was the, the mantra that rolled in my head. There's always enough. And I come from an economic background where there almost just seemed to be just, I mean, we just would eke by, right? You just, just had enough. Most months, you know, some months, <laughs> But in repeating that mantra to myself, I discovered again, there was always enough, just enough, to cover what I needed. So I revised the mantra. There's always more than enough. Sure enough, over time, that one worked too. Everything I needed, and then a little more. So I made a final revision. There's always way more than enough. And that mantra too has come to pass. But what I have realized over the years in working with this mantra is that while my ego was focused on money, Holy Spirit was always bringing me more, way more, of the love that truly sustained me. It wasn't the money. As I began to experience the feeling of always having way more than enough, I found that the Holy started to challenge me. You got way more than enough. It's time for you to be more generous. It's time for you to be more open. It's time for you to be more loving, to become more willing to serve others instead of focusing exclusively on what you have just for you. And here jubilance is the key to prosperity because even before knowing one thing about A Course in Miracles, I stumbled my way into living into Lesson 50. I am sustained by the love of God. I do have more dollars now than I did 20 years ago, but it's not because I went looking for it. It's not because I worked harder for it. It's not that I spent my time pursuing the ventures and money-making things of this world. All I have done for the past 20 years has been the often very difficult, but always in the end joyful work of going inside. Of going inside to this world and finding out how I could be more generous. How could I be more generous with myself? The person we're stingy with the most is ourselves. How I could be more generous to me. How I could be more loving to me. How I could be more open to me. And when I learned that in here, I became it in the world. I remembered my own original blessing. I remembered the truth about myself. I am a beloved child of God and so is everyone else. 
We are all part of God's good creation of light and love and joy and peace. So what has come to me then is whatever I need to continue in that quest to be of service, that quest to grow, that quest to remember who I truly am, no matter how imperfectly I live it. What I discovered is this, it's the function of every single one of us. <clears throat> but some of us forget, I even forget. We get lost in a world of pills and money and protective clothing, influence, prestige, being liked, knowing the right people, and an endless list of forms of nothingness that we endow with magical powers. Money, of course, tells us in the Song of Prayer is not evil. It's not evil. It's the next line that you go, what? Money is not evil, of course, says. It's nothing. That means that money is neither good nor bad. But what Holy Spirit does in this world is that it uses all of the tools that this world has to help us awaken. Money then, it's just one of the tools. And if you've got a wider audience to reach with the love that you have been given to spread, then you're gonna need a lot more resources and money can be part of that. But money is not the goal. The only goal of this life is to remember who we are and in that remembrance to become a channel for God's love to pour out into this world so everybody else remembers their true, divine, originally blessed self. So the bottom line jubilance, this has been the bottom line of all the past sermons in this, in this whole mini via. Which world will you dedicate your life to pursuing? The one where you're always chanting about needing a dollar because more dollars is what you think you need? Or are you gonna choose the world which, where you pursue nothing but remembering and living into that original blessing that you were created in? This is what Jesus means when he says he came to give us abundant life. In Greek, that word abundance, it's not about living a life filled with money or things or possessions or anything else that is fleeting in this world. The word means uncommon. The common life is the one that we spend pursuing the world's aspirations for wealth and fame and power, the best career, the best house, the best thing, the car that we're driving around, influence. We jubilance, we are called to live the uncommon life. And what Jesus is saying is, I come that they may have life and have an uncommon one at that. One filled not with the fleeting fullness of this impermanent world, but the never ending fullness of love. We are not called to conform to this world, but to live in an uncommon way by embracing our function as the source, the channel for light and love in this world. When we do that, Jesus promises that whatever we need will be given to us. Of course, in chapter 13 assures us that the holy knows what we need and will give you all things. It's an important caveat coming up. <laughs> Spirit will give you all things that do not block the way to light. And this really is an important distinction that we need to understand. Whatever we are given in this world, whatever resources you have right now are to be used to find your way back to God and help other holy siblings do the same. That is the mark of an abundant, uncommon life. A course says that the teachers of God, which means all of us, we all teach at some point, 
It's just, are we teaching from the ego or are we teaching from spirit? So we're all teaching. But the teachers of God, of course, says they don't want anything they cannot give away. Because what's the use? What's the use of having something if you can't give it away? We are to be that open channel. The underlying message of a course on this idea of money and prosperity is this. Don't get caught up in the world's idea of what prosperity, wealth, security, and freedom look like. Amassing great wealth, power, influence, for the sake of amassing great wealth and power and influence, it will never give you ultimate peace. It will never give you ultimate joy or love or freedom or even security, because then you gotta protect it, because everybody wants it. The resources of this world, they are not bad in themselves. I'm not saying it's wrong to be rich. It's fine to be rich. But just what spirit are you living in? What world are you living in? The resources of this world aren't bad. They're just nothing. They don't exist in the ultimate reality that is God's love. While we're here, though, everything we have, the resources at our disposal should be used to facilitate the awakening of the world. A course says it takes great learning, both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. Money, power, fame, they can only mean something to our bodies. They only mean something to the ego's need to be seen, to be admired, to be influential in some way. By seeking after such things, a course says the mind associates itself with the body obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. This jubilance is the source of all the suffering in the world. We attach meaning to things that are meaningless and then we pursue them with the ego's insane seek but do not find mentality. A course says God's teachers, that's all of us, God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent giving up children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all of its ills looks back on it with condemnation, yet they must rejoice that they are free from all the sacrifice its values would demand of them. Jubilance, what we truly sacrifice when we pursue the impermanent things of this world is everything. We sacrifice everything. We give up our, our, our chance at infinite, eternal, and unchanging peace and freedom. Who in their sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? When you live in that world, in that spirit world, you get everything. Everything you need to awaken. Everything you need to awaken the world. The resources that you need. You won't get anything that blocks you from it. That takes your attention back to the ego. You get the stuff where you go, man, I gotta use that. That's what God has given me to help the world awaken. What we truly sacrifice when we're when we're pursuing the world's riches. We give up, we give up everything for nothing. So the ticket that you're buying is the one that gives you everything because you're giving up nothing here. There's nothing wrong with money. 
It's a tool in this world that can help us, but only if our goal is to be generous, to give it away, to use it to create more light in this world so everyone comes to realize the truth about themselves that they too are originally blessed, that they too are beloved, that they too are called to live the uncommon life of love in this world. So I invite you, Jubilance, buy the lottery ticket, but not the common one that provides only fleeting pleasures in the world, but that ticket to the uncommon lottery that provides everything you need to sustain you. We are not here to enrich ourselves with the world's pleasures. We're here, Jubilance, to live that uncommon life, one that is filled to the brim with everything you need to remember who you are and to live in the fullness of everlasting peace and joy and love and freedom and security. And I guarantee, if you live in the spirit world, if you live as a spirit in this material world, everything out here will come rushing to you if you are willing to be the open channel that gives it right back away. Because you know it's coming back around. It's coming back around. That, to me, sounds like hitting the jackpot. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, oh yeah. Yeah.